and welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast number 70. I'm here with Alice. How are you, Alice? I'm good, thank you. Hello. <laughs> Sadly, Merle is not here today because he has man flu. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Get well soon, Merlin. <laughs> wish you all the best. In exciting news, though, the new issue of Metal Hammer starring Sabaton is out now. It has... Everything in it you could possibly wish to know about Sabaton. It comes with the Avenged Sevenfold poster pack. There's Hell Yeah in there. There's loads of stuff about Ramstein. But more excitingly than that, even, we have some world-exclusive Sabaton Battle Bundles featuring hand-signed lyric sheets, an exclusive patch, a sticker pack, a custom fold-out tank, and an exclusive Sabaton cover. Go to tinyurl.com slash battlebundle to order now. Are you going to get one, Ellis? Yeah. We need to build our tanks, don't we? So we can fight them. Yes. <laughs> I really want to have some office tank battles. You, me, and Merlin when he's back. May the greatest fighter win. <laughs> well, we've been doing loads of stuff in the last week. Yeah, loads. So, I don't even know where to start. No, no. I mean, I had uh, a bit of time off. I wasn't on the podcast last week, but I went to see Whitechapel with Underside. That was really cool. Um, I'd just go tell everyone to check out the last Whitechapel album because it's really heavy if you've not heard it it's quite emotionally heavy and just sounds super heavy as well and they were like crushing it was just an hour of crushingness brutality <laughs> uh, a lot of like slamming down it was heavy and Underside really cool as well they really kind of made the most of their support slot um, and yeah go check out both bands Underside and Whitechapel mm-hmm. um I went to Metallica as well. You did not come, Alice, sadly. Nope. And Merlin went to Metallica as well. Yeah. <laughs> Are you asleep, Alice? <laughs> I was at Copenhagen. You were. Should we, do you want to talk about Copenhagen and then I'll talk about Metallica, or should I talk about Metallica first? Talk about Metallica. Okay. Well, it was at Twickenham Stadium. So it was a massive, massive stadium gig. And it was really weird because it was daylight, obviously, when we got there. So you kind of have this weird thing of going to see a metal gig in daylight, in the warm. And it was pretty cool to see the scale of it. I've only really been to see kind of pop bands at stadiums. So to see a metal band at a stadium was a pretty cool thing to do. Um, first up were Bacassa, the band that Lars taught us from Metallica, obviously, has talked about quite a lot. Um, and they're our new band this month as well. And they were decent enough. They were kind of, you know, got on, did their thing, went off again. Um, it must be pretty hard to be the first support at Twickenham, at a massive, massive stadium. I imagine that's pretty mental. But yeah, they were good, good warm-up gig. Um, what else happened? Then it was Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might react, Alan. Do you know um, Ghost? I can't remember. They're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a fan of Ghost, and Mills a fan of Ghost as well. He sent over a few notes. He said um, he thought Ghost were fun and seemed to get a decent reaction. It was interesting to see Tobias not change up his stage patter at all, despite it clearly being a very metal crowd. He was still flirty and daft. He was flirty and daft, Alice. I think um, you know Cardi C, as we like to call Cardinal Copier, this very flirty guy. It was pretty cool because he was wearing this red theatrical outfit and again in a massive massive stadium and a massive stage I think you really need to be wearing something that makes you stand out from the crowd and his red outfit was pretty cool and pretty theatrical 
And again, it's just such a massive stage. But they pulled out all the hits. Square Hammer sounded really great at the end. And it's really cool that they're at that place now where, you know, they can just get out on a tour with Metallica and just play a really good set. And a lot of people had clearly got there really to see Ghost as well and were going up to the front of the stage. They had like a snake pit area and two kind of aisles coming out from the stage where the band could go and walk down and loads and loads of fans were kind of all crowded around there and like reaching out to touch Papa and stuff. So it was pretty cool to see it on that scale. Um, but then Metallica, the main event, and that was very exciting. They had beer cups that said, and beer for all on them. So we were all enjoying a nice beer oh, I saw this. in the I sunshine. Saw the <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> Which was very funny. And again, just the scale of it, like they had so much pyro. There was just kind of this bit where they'd have, sort of quite early on, there were these two bits on the very, very top of the stage rigging, like these kind of two balloon type things with all the faces on from the last record and they kind of inflated and then these flames came out. So it was kind of dramatic. Uh, Merlin had some thoughts on this as well. He said, I thought Metallica were wicked fun and the set looked amazing. He said the pace was a bit off. He felt like Unforgiven was dropped a little too early after a ferocious start. But he was really excited that they played No Leaf Clover live. It was pretty exciting. Uh, he didn't enjoy Frantic. It's quite a controversial thing to put Frantic into the set because obviously a lot of people still hating on Frantic and some anger, but I'm really into that song, so I quite liked it. Um, so yeah, he was just like shaking his head through that whole song that I was singing along. And yeah, Moth into Flame, that was really cool. They had like this big strip along the stage where this flame kind of came up. And it travelled from one side was of the strip to the other. There was no more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would think maybe they'd get a giant moth prop. Might be a bit too far. But they had this flame that kind of went up and down this long stretch, which was really cool. It was just kind of went on for the whole song. And it was just nice to see the pyro for that song because it obviously goes with the title. And it was just really fun. Um they had everyone kind of go down the sides of the stage and play a few songs at the front as well all together out there and that was nice and James Hetfield as well he did this little speech in the middle that was really touching it was kind of like him saying that he knows that big rock show tickets are really expensive and so he really appreciated that everybody had uh, set aside money to come and see Metallica and share the night with them and that was really nice because it is really expensive to go to Twickenham but obviously it's really expensive to put on a massive fucking show as well so that was very cool to see and um, he also did this really it's quite sweet he sort of did this random thing where he asked how many people had bought Hardwired and then kind of mentioned it as being a CD and then kind of looked out at everyone and went do people still listen to CDs is it something else now <laughs> do you download it and that was kind of sweet as well like given the whole past that Metallica had with Napster and so on I think probably you know he's just more concerned with getting up and playing songs no matter what the delivery is but I mean I guess one was a highlight uh, they really went out with the theatrics on one they had fireworks coming out from the back of the stadium they had the flames rising up again they had animations on the screens that was a super kind of everyone knows that one is a big song but again on that scale with that kind of production it just looks 
insane it was just super super theatrical that was really cool um yeah I enjoyed it I think some mixed feelings around louder which is obviously what we call hammer prog and classic rock as a group some mixed feelings from people some people don't like stadium gigs weren't too fussed on it because it was so big uh Merlin personally didn't enjoy Twickenham because he lives in North London. That's just him being a bit pathetic, really. <laughs> <laughs> I live in South London, so it's good for me. But yeah, I think with stadium gigs, you do have to have pyro and production because you need to be able to see what's going on and feel engaged with it. And, and there's a little ants. Exactly. And it was kind of like a this very clean stage setup. There was nothing really on the stage. It was just kind of white, and they're all dressed in black on it. So, but, you know, it was cool to see that I enjoyed it it was a good night out got to see Metallica in a big place it was good cool good would you would you go see Metallica yeah I mean I don't know I don't really like stadium gigs either because it's just too big Mm. Um, but like if I I mean if I'm on the floor and can get close enough then it's fine but if I was like right up seated I don't think I'd be particularly bothered they had like a golden circle area where the snake pit was where people could obviously pay a bit more and go down on the floor and then they had the seated tickets as well and we were fairly near the front in terms of seating um, so I don't quite know what the view was like from the back but it didn't feel as big as I thought it would in Twickenham it didn't feel as massive it, it felt kind of okay so I don't know I liked it it's mm. good I don't know. I guess I would go. Um, but, yeah, I I saw Metallica. I've only seen them once. I saw them at Sonosphere. Yeah. So, I don't know, that was quite cool. Well, you couldn't go anyway because you were at Copenhagen. Exactly. So, why don't you tell us all about it? Because you've been, like, buzzing since you came back from Copenhagen. You've been, like, super excited. It was amazing. Like, super, super amazing. Um... So it's a festival in Copenhagen, uh, in Denmark, mm-hmm. and um, it's it was their ten year anniversary. Uh, so they had like, I guess they had things different from usual, but I I think they sort of just were promoting it as, you know, ten years in hell, and they had like special wristbands with like ten years in hell and like beers and limited edition stuff like that were, um, basically re what's the word like they they remade stuff from their original oh yeah like now. reproduced yeah, yeah reproduced that's, it, that's really the word. cool for their 10 years so it actually yeah. felt even more special than so just you get like the one. t-shirt that was the original one and like stuff like that so that was really really cool they've got really really cool logo- logos as well like their brand Copenhagen is really 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 good um so they have um their merch table it's just really cool they've got everything you can get fridges Hang on. You can get a fridge that says Copenhagen. Yeah, an actual fridge. Yes. An actual fridge. And you fridge. can win one as well. Okay. There's so a that's fridges, see washing machines. Hang on. <laughs> it was just like loads of stuff. It was just crazy. Were these actually on sale at the festival? Yeah, yeah, What, yeah. so you could just walk home with a washing machine? You could machine? buy one, yeah. What? But you could also try and win one. I was tempted to win one, try and win one, but then I forgot about it. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Okay, yeah. so... We want now our entire kitchens fitted out with like download bloodstock tech fest etc appliances. It was so cool. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, they have lots of artists that do um, like sleep and like they had all sorts of different artists that do big bands. Um, they make their merch, so like the Copenhagen merch, they've got like really cool like kind of psychedelic ones. They've got ones that look kind of death metal-y, ones that look kind of black metal-y, ones that look like thrashy, like because they've got all these different artists that mm-hmm. collaborate with them to produce really, really cool t-shirts and stuff. And they've even got like pants and like boxes and like wow. all sorts of stuff that you can buy with Copenhagen. So you can <laughs> basically just go naked mm-hmm. and then just clothe yourself in their merchandise. And in our campsite as well, they had um, the washing machines. Because they like, in <laughs> hell, they would do free laundry service. Right, I see. So um, you could just go in like one pair of clothes, kit yourself out at the merch desk and then just get everything washed. <laughs> <laughs> So it was really, really cool. Um, yeah, I was, I was really lucky because um, the the organiser, um, sort of, we were his guests, so he, like, showed us around the entire place, and it just blew our minds, like, just blew our minds. So you get in, and um, there's, like, three stages. Um, all of them are really quite big. Um, so you've got, like, the main stage, which is, like, Hades, I think, and then you've got um, a second stage, which is, like, Hel- Helvete, I think it was called. And then there was part like of the record million. shop, like Norwegian record shop. Yeah, like Melzi. Yeah, yeah, like it all means hell. And then, like, um, then you've got pandemonium. Pandemonium is the third stage, the I smallest see. stage, but it's still a big stage. So, and they're great because the way that it's laid out is the two are next to each other, but you can't hear them, like, mm-hmm. because they're right next to each other. Like the sound doesn't really travel around. Yeah. You know. And I was just doing this weird gesture with my hands now, which is like wiggling her arm around like a weird snake trying yeah. to show me how they look. <laughs> so you have like the two of them, and then there's a massive hill as well behind. So you can just sit all up the hill and watch the band. So there's, nice. you can view it from wherever. It's really, really, really cool. Nice. And then the smallest stage, there's like, it's really nice to not have like anything intense, or at least not the actual stage is intense because there's nothing to like stop your view. Yeah, and sometimes if a band plays in a tent at a festival, you can't get inside. Yeah, when so this like the third stage that had the smallest bands on, um, it was just really great because you still could see it from all different angles, and they even had like a little bit that you could go up and sort of view it from like above the sort of some of the vendors, and if you paid for VIP, you could go and do that as well for the third stage, um, and in the VIP area, they made it really quirky and. Um, VIP is called RIP, and they even had like a fortune teller there. Which did was you just, get a fortune teller? I didn't. But they also <laughs> had a restaurant. Oh right, nice. They had a little restaurant there, so you could have like a proper like sit down meal with yeah. wine and everything. They had they were sponsored by quite a few different like um, a winery who were really 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 good. I had some of their red wine. It was so nice. Like you wouldn't think that you get this as a, like at a good festival. stuff at, at a festival. They were. Also sponsored by a brewery, a local brewery, I think it's called like Royal or something. And they were really, really good beer as well. They had their own beer made, especially for the festival, like in cans. So you could get it with this really cool wolf logo, which is kind of like their logo. And there was a giant wolf that apparently you could see when you're flying in from the oh, really? airport, <laughs> which is really, really cool. And um, they had this one special beer that was charcoal added, so it was black. Oh, nice. So it was a black beer. Very metal. Yeah, and they had a Viking area. So nice. you'd go into the Viking area and you could just kind of like live like a Viking, buy a drinking horn, get some mead, have um, some 
pork and uh, a hog roast and all sorts of stuff like that. It was really, really cool. Um, and then there's a beer garden, beer garden, I think we called it. That was a tent and um, it had just loads and loads of rows of benches and you could stand on the tables. Nice. And dance, like so late at night you could do that. And then there was a, there was, um, a karaoke thing, but it was like with a live band. So you could just join in with that as well. Um, there were just so many things. There was like um, a place where you could um, destroy cars to blackmail. What? Hang on. Destroy so, cars, like full-size yeah. cars. So they'd, they'd bring in cars and they'd pay people for cars. This is the plan next year. We're going to take the car. We're going to take a, an old banger over there and sell it to them. Right. And then fund our festival booze <laughs> with that. Um, so you take your car, you can take your car, sell it to them, and then people will just smash it up and they're playing black metal and it's this one section. And you can just... Yeah. Watch my shit with like hammers and stuff. Yeah, like you can, ah. you can sort of join in. There's something like that in London called Scrap Club where they just get a bunch of old shit and yeah. smash it with like weapons. You can do it at a festival and like, you had to kind of sign up for it. And um, That was a lot of fun. Did you do it? No, we didn't. Oh. And then it closed because I think it was only on for like a certain length of time. Yeah. They also had um, a um, alien weaponry played and they had this full scale um, Maori dance beforehand. Uh-huh. So they had like this massive ritualistic like Maori thing going on that you could kind of participate in. They had like a board game tent thing. Wow. They had, um, it's just like everything you can imagine. They had like a a big burning church, like a black metal burning church that would smoke occasionally and had these giant druidic things outside of it. What? Hang on. That was by the wine bar and there was a giant upside down cross as well. So what? Flash. It was a church like structure. Yeah, a little church, like a sort of. Nordic looking like wow. wooden church that was painted black and it was smoking. Wow, I know. <laughs> they had like a pentagram bar. Like the attention to detail was just amazing. Like all of the vendors there as well were really, really good food. Amazing food. You could even get fruit and healthy food nice. and juice as well. Oh my gosh. Which is amazing. Yeah, because after a couple of days as well, if you've just had like loads and loads and loads of noodles, it's actually really nice to have some fruit. Yeah, exactly. So it was just really, really good. Um, and yeah, all the vendors had to change their names to something metal or satanic. <laughs> so all of them had like black sort of signs with all just like demonic names. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's just like a whole sort of like, it was like being in hell. Like you, you know why it's Copenhagen, like 10 years in hell, because they've made it like this kind of like really cool metal place to go and you kind of want to just live there it's like a little village amazing and you can just kind of like yeah they should really have it for longer like a week you know (laughs) how many people go to the festival i'm not sure but it was completely sold out Mm. i might have to check i'm not really sure what the there were a lot of people anyway huge huge amount of people not just not just dutch people obviously i'm not dutch that was massive mistake danish (laughs) so not just um, not just danish people go but um, we met um, a Swedish girl, um, a Norwegian. We met like loads of different people from all over. Um, and they were like, you've come really, really far. So it's not that far. It's only like an hour and a half on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was just really, really fun. Yeah, that sounds great. Recommend. Did you see any bands apart from any weaponry? Yes. Um, standouts. So Slipknot played. Nice. And that was really, really good, to be fair. Even like you prefer Stone Sour? Yeah, it was really good. Like I watched it from the side of the stage thing as well. Oh, like, side there was a stage worker. It was like a side <laughs> stage thing. It wasn't right by the side of the stage, but it was quite cool. 
and um, Tool were actually really good. What did you? What was it like? Yeah. Seeing Slipknot being kind of close to Epson. Did you notice anything about them or? Um, does it look as mad as it does from when you see it kind of from a crowd? Does it look like unhinged, chaotic? I don't know. It well, didn't look like mad. It just looked like well, like the crowd is mad. I could see the whole crowd as well, so it's yeah. quite cool. It was like could just witness this whole thing going off. Yeah. Which was really, really cool. I recorded some of it as well, like on my phone. It's really badly because it's dark. But <laughs> it's just kind of, I tried to sort of get the sort of... The scale. The scale of how many people yeah. were there. Um, Tool was really good just because of the hill. The, like, the sound kind of like, it keeps the sound in. So mm-hmm. it's, it's got this kind of like, it's a really, really good sort of, the, the first stage anyway. It's just, it's got this kind of like, I know, like, you know, like, when you put your phone in the bath to, like, amplify the sound, it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. that, I suppose, it was like, yeah, so it's kind of, like, in this little, like, bowl of, like, this hill and then the stage, and so it just, it's got this really nice atmosphere to it, so, mm-hmm. um, that was really, really cool. I saw, um, Dimmu Borga as well, they were really amazing live, like, so good. Yeah. Um, I've not seen them on the current cycle, because... There's so much kind of more like choral music in there, and it sounds really, really epic. Yeah, like I, I'm not a big fan of the symphonic stuff, but um, live it was just really cool, and like just all the, the stage stuff, and just it just looked really epic and yeah. really cool. So that was really fun. Um, yeah, no, it was it was just really great. I you sound like you think. had the best time in the world. Yeah, like literally the best time. Yeah, it was just such a good, such a good place. It's really sad to come home. You know like you're going to cry. I know. It was like <laughs> blue skies as well. Like leaving, oh. it was all blue. And then we came back to Britain and it was all grey skies. And I was like, oh, why? Why, UK? <laughs> oh, I was thinking about going to Copenhagen with you, but then I had a few things on. But now I feel sad I didn't go. So. Yeah, I would definitely recommend Maybe it. Maybe next year's the time. Yes. Save up <laughs> and go. Well, it's, uh, it's in Denmark, so obviously that's a bit of a... A track, but it's well, like definitely it's pretty close on my plane. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Well, Alice, you also went to the Home of Metal exhibition yesterday. So Home of Metal, for people who don't know, they had it a few years back. They had a big exhibition in Birmingham, and it was all about uh, Birmingham being the home of metal and birthplace of Black Sabbath. Uh, they had an exhibition that kind of showed you um, just kind of some like early artefacts from that time like record sleeves or they had a few bits and pieces from when Tony Iommi was actually like working in the factory and um, you know early guitars and that kind of thing they had this amazing thing which was like a little sensor on the wall and as you walk past past the sensor it played you suffer but why because it's such a short song and you just walk past it and it would just play it at you and that's really funny um and I went there a few years back to see it then and um, that kind of had its run, and since then they've done a big Black Sabbath project where they've taken lots of photos of Black Sabbath fans, and they've kind of curated a new incarnation of Home Metal, which you can tell us all about. Yeah, they've got they've gone like all out this time because obviously it's fifty years since Black Sabbath. Yeah. Um, fifty years of metal, guys. Yeah, fifty years of metal. So it's this huge, huge like not just the Black Sabbath um, exhibition, which is just kind of epic. It's just on an epic scale of like all sorts of memorabilia there from the actual band members, um, quotes from other rock stars that were really, really influenced by them, fans, um, all sorts of people. Like, And then fans, like, for, for example, um, one of the members of Cathedral, um, 
he has this huge Black Sabbath vinyl collection that he's donated to it, and so it's got oh, he's wow. got, got basically every album. Um, so that's really really cool to see. Um, cause he's obviously such a big fan. Um, just yeah, loads of really cool stuff. Um, there's just so much to see really. Um, but that wasn't just the only thing either. Like, um, so there's the Black Sabbath thing, but then there's also like all this other stuff that they're they're putting on in. In Birmingham as well, so they've got like um, this art showcase um, by Alan Kane. It's just this like four four bed detached home of metal. It's called. Oh wow! So he's like recreated all sorts of people's um, bedrooms, like metal fans, which is really really cool. So they've got like their their collections and stuff like that. And then there's other sort of art. He's sort of curated this thing, so it's got all different art. pieces in it and there's like video art and all sorts of stuff anything that's sort of inspired by metal um and then just also just collections as well so some people that's just like have a huge collection of memorabilia and they've kind of donated it there um yeah it's just all sorts of cool stuff like that um and then there's this project where they've been taking pictures of people's battle jackets as well. Oh, like you do Patchwatch presentations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then they did. They've done that as well, and there's a whole like selection of those. There's this guy in um, California as well, who's an artist, and he's made um, pieces for a lot of rock stars, or in collaboration with rock stars. And he's actually created um, a jacket for one of the members of uh, Mastodon. Nice. And. Um, his name's Ben Benham. I don't think it's his real name. <laughs> <laughs> but he was just sort of like, he was there um, telling us about his artwork. And he kind of, he uses, he makes big textiles. Like, um, he's very inspired by like um, quilts, quilting, which is a very American thing, really. But he uses um, metal t shirts. Mm-hmm. So you can see like the logos of different bands and also just metal like stuff that's um associated with metal like denim and leather and camo and all these different like textures and fabrics and yeah. he makes these great big pieces and they've got sort of um things to do with metal in them as well so there's there's um one that he's made that's like this great big skull and stuff and just sort of icon iconography of very metal sort of things or quotes in them and all sorts of stuff like that. So that's really cool. Um, and there's also a showcase of jewellery and they're just absolutely stunning because obviously um, Birmingham is a huge metal industry, which is why metal is called metal. And <laughs> like, so you've got the jewellery quarter in Birmingham and people are still working with metal in Birmingham. It's, it's a really, really big place to train to be a jewellery smith or um, something like that someone that works with metal um so they've kind of taken that idea of metal but also metal the music and it's um jewelers that actually use metal in their work like um uh, inspired by metal so metal head jewelers that make jewelry that have like skulls or there's one woman that's inspired by black metals so it's a lot of spikes and things like that that is very cool yeah, so there's all sorts of stuff going on and it's just really, really interesting. There's just loads of stuff to do and they've got a gig going on as well with Neurosis headlining. Um, what is that? Supersonic Festival, so that's um, in July 19th to the 21st. Oh, so Neurosis is the headlining Supersonic. Yes. Nice. Um, so that's going to be quite metally. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is playing? Um, Godflash. 
and Anna von Hausdorff. Yeah. So, and pigs, 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 pigs as well. I never know how you meant to say that if you just go like times 10 or whatever. No, they hate that. Do they? Yeah, so you have to say that. that. So you have to say pigs loads of times. Yeah, you can't say pigs times seven because that's not allowed. Okay. But there's there's (laughs) seven instances of pigs. Seven pigs. Okay. (laughs) Well done for reading it out. I commend you. (laughs) You've literally had the best week in all of the time in the world. Yeah. Really amazing. Very cool. You didn't even mention, actually, who you met yesterday. Oh, yes, I met um, Tony Iommi and Isabella. How was that? That was really cool. Yeah, got to ask them a few questions and have a really unflattering picture of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's only unflattering in your mind. No. (laughs) Well, moving on to news, unfortunately, there was some really sad news this week. Yes. We heard that... Tenga Cavalry from my Nature G has died. Um, the band released the following statement. They said, It is with deep sadness and shock that we must share the news that nature has passed away. Nature's greatest goal in life was to unite people of all backgrounds through community and free music. He was also an advocate for mental health and encouraged everyone from friends to total strangers to persist through their struggles. Though we have lost a dear friend and a great artist, we know that his music will live on and continue to help us find our common ground and find our strength despite adversity. May the eternal blue sky find him at peace. So yeah, just super sad. Um, if you haven't heard of Tenga Cavalry, uh, they're a Mongolian metal band. Nature was based in New York where he'd studied and ran the band from there. And he was just um, a really cool guy who, like the statement said, just wanted to bring people together through music and he played a lot of traditional folk instruments and um, he just had a ton of enthusiasm for what he did and was always trying to push the boundaries and do cool stuff so they played Carnegie Hall in New York which is obviously a very famous place Mm. and um, you know he he was very open on Facebook about everything he was doing and what he was going through um, and all his social media and just kind of trying to share his experiences and bring people together so it's just really really sad that he's, um, he's gone so yeah, if you've not heard Tenga Cavalry, give him a listen. You know that's his his legacy, as it were, and um, it's just super sad. Mm-mm. Very sad. Uh, in other news, there's a new Killswitch Engage track. They there's have... also a new Corn one. There is also a new Corn one. <laughs> this is like a double hit. Which is your favourite out of Corn and Killswitch? Corn. Mine too. Yeah. Oh, we agree on something. Yeah. That's unusual, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, what do we think of the new Kill Switch song? I don't know. I don't like them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds pretty Kill Switchy. That's kind of all I've got to say about it, really. It's cool, though. Um, it comes from their eighth studio album, Atonement. The song's called Unleashed. Uh, and Atonement's out on August the 16th via Music for Nations. Uh, well, maybe we should talk about the corn song then. What do you think about the corn song? I haven't actually listened to oh, it. Oh, Alice! I know. I had. I was. I was working. It only just came out. What's it called? Today. Oh my gosh! Um, no, I don't know. You socialed it and I retweeted it. No, none of us. I, I feel what like one of them is called <laughs> something. Um, I don't want to say it out loud because otherwise I'm going to get it wrong and I'm going to look stupid. Because there are too many things in my head. We should know what it's called. It is called. It's not unleashed, is it or something? That's the album. That 
No, it's not. You're just. I think you're thinking about Kill Switch now. Oh gosh. <laughs> You'll never find You've me. Heard from so album. Be okay. nothing. You'll never find me. Yes. Yeah. So, it's very corny. And. I, yeah, I just think it sounds quite old school and quite 90s. You've kind of got this like stabbing guitar coming in and sort of corn feedback. It sounds like something, you know, sort of from the issues days. Um, and the lyrics as well, he's just kind of like, it's really sort of Jonathan Davis. He talks about darkness baiting him down the road to his own death um, and talk, talks about kind of being lost and you'll never find me. It's really, really corn to me. It's just sort of like quintessential corn. I really like the song, but it's also a hard listen. You know, corn lyrics are always a hard listen, but particularly this one, given some of the things that have gone on in his life in the past year or so, um, he's had some hard losses, and I think it is, it's a pretty raw listen, really, I would say. So, yeah, that's that. Anything to add? <laughs> no, there. I, I don't have anything, sorry. <laughs> but I'm sure it's great, because I like corn. Um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Corn and Kill Switch, go listen to those. Mm-hmm. Well, what's happened with Hellfest and Manowar? Oh, yes. Um, well, there's an ongoing thing between them, and they're having a bit of a argument. Why? Um, because Manowar, uh, uh, well, according to Hellfest, pulled out, even though they turned up to the festival and just left. And according to Manowar... They didn't have things in place for them to play, so they cancelled them and put up the thing on social media before they'd actually pulled out or anything. So they're both mm. kind of having this whole, like, you know, tete-a-tete. So we don't really know what's going on apart from they didn't play, basically. Basically, and apparently they, they went to the festival, so something went on and someone decided that they weren't playing. Well, I don't know who. That's very strange. Yes. So, yeah. Guess no one at Hellfest got to see Manowar. No. So, um, yeah, Manowar have said to contact Hellfest in order to get refunds and stuff if they had come for Manowar, although I don't really know how you do that because... (laughs) You just kind of go, oh, yeah, I'll prove I'm a massive fan or something. Yeah, yeah. collection of Manowar stuff. Yeah. I don't really know because you could all the Hellfest goers could just be like, I bought this entire week ticket <laughs> just to see Man of War, and you didn't even play. And Hellfest would be like, Oh well, you saw loads of other bands, so bye. <laughs> Who knows? It's all kicking off. What I do know is that at Bloodstock later this year, you can see a band called Woman of War, which is uh, half man and half women who dress half no half women and half men who dress like women in the band. And they call themselves Woman of War, and they're like a mm. semi all female tribute act to Man of War. So if you didn't see them at Hellfest, then go see, see this War War is <laughs> <laughs> It's got men in skirts, so what do you want? Uh, let's take some questions from our readers. Do you want to go first, Alice? Okay. Sorry, I just put my sheet down. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, aside from exclusive media events, what's the gig with the smallest turnout that you've been to? Did the bands have a good attitude? And that's by Kvilatak Fanatic. Kvilatak Fanatic. Kvilatak Fanatic. <laughs> I was just really, that was like a tongue twister. It's quite hard. <laughs> I think the V's make it really hard. <laughs> um, 
I'm just trying to think back to some of the unsigned bands I saw back in the day. I started writing about music when I was at uni in Sheffield, and I saw some really small bands then. And I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast, but I used to just they I wrote for this magazine called Sandman, which is like a local Sheffield magazine. And they'd send around an email and you could just sign up to see bands. So sometimes they would send around that email and I would just sign up to see bands I'd never heard of. I'd just be like, I'll, yeah, I'll go review this. Mm. And one of the bands I signed up for ended up being these weird performance artists that scraped chairs across the stage and blew in to, like, the bum of, um, like, a baby doll. Like a... what You know those dolls you give to children that are, like, a baby... Mm. that you can like feed or bathe yeah, or yeah. whatever yeah they just had one of those and they were like breathing into its bum and stuff and like making weird noises and walking around the stage I think there are probably about five people watching them it's just some old men in the pub who happened to be there that's probably the smallest <laughs> oh my god it was very weird that sounds awful um, maybe not quite what you're looking for Cabela Tech fanatic but that one just springs to mind how about you? Um, I don't really know I've been to a few that I've felt like haven't had a big turnout I've been to a lot of battle of Battle of the Bands back yeah, in the day, sure. things like that. But I can't think specifically of one that's been a really, really bad turnout. You kind of hope as well, though, about. with things like Battle of the Bands and local bands, that people will come mm. out to support their friends and the local scene as well. You kind of hope that it's not going to be really quiet. I've been to a few death metal gigs in Cardiff that had a really bad turnout. Really? They're really good bands as well. You Can know? you remember any of the bands? Um, one was Cryptopsy. And Jungle Rock. That oh, wasn't right. massive... They wasn't massively well attended. No. That's surprising. It's just, it? I think, like, the venue and just Cardiff at the right. time, I think, <laughs> really. It's just a bit of a shame. Like, there are quite a few ones like that in mm. Cardiff. I think we'll they go listen to those bands and give them a shout. Yeah, because they're, you know, they're bands people have heard of. So yeah. Kind of surprising. Uh, okay, a question from Dan Young. He says, realistically, what do you think of the chances of Ramstein headlining Download 2020? Well, Dan, it's interesting because Ramstein have announced some European 2020 dates for stadiums mm-hmm. today. Yes, So, and the only date near here is Belfast. There's like a Belfast date, but there's nothing in England. Nothing in London? No, nothing in England at all. Are they going to, like, France, Germany, Austria, you know, the rest of Europe, basically, um, and not coming to England? Do you think they're having, like, a Brexit? Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, they go to, to Belfast, so, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a gap that they could easily slip into, a download-shaped gap, but also, because they can do their own shows, you kind of think maybe if they were going to do download they do something really special like do you remember when download had that ACDC day and they had their own stage and all that kind of thing like I wonder if they just make something really special but I don't know like I hope they do we have to wait and see won't we mm-hmm. we've got no inside information Daniel I'm sorry alright Dangerous Brian has a really good question what is the best recipe for a kick-ass lentil soup lentils yes Oh, lentils, that's a recipe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> lentils, I don't know, some uh, stock. Should we put that in there? Yeah. Yeah. Tomatoes, maybe. Yeah. Ca- what about carrots or something? Would they I go guess in there? you could just put in some vegetables. I mean, I, I'm i not a massive fan some of onions. lentil soup. I would always make I think tomato. Maybe a, maybe a sort of like... Um, 
one with coconut milk would be good. So, like put coconut that would milk. Be nice, yeah. And like creamy. Yeah. And then like coriander. Know, yeah, like maybe some, some, sort of, some sort of like spices. So you're going I'd for go, the sort I'd of go like, like a Thai curry soup. Right, I see what you mean. Yeah. Or something. Or you could go for more of a dal vibe. You, you could, could sort of take it slightly more Indian. Yeah. Why don't you try some dangerous Brian and send us some pictures and see what they're like so yes. we can see and make them ourselves. Uh, Joe Walker asks, who's the more annoying type of fan? The gatekeeper that insists you can only be a fan if you like the band's earliest work or the sycophant that insists you should always support the band regardless of how they change their style and that not liking change makes you not a true fan. So basically, mm-hmm. who's more annoying? That's quite a long question. Who's more annoying? A person that only insists you can be a fan if you like the band's early work, mm-hmm. or another person who says you should always support the band regardless of how they change their style. So there's two like there's two annoying things people say like oh you can't like this band if you don't like their They're early all annoying. work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's true. They are all annoying because really music's music and you should just yeah, be able to exactly. like what you like. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what's more annoying out of two types of annoying? You know what is really annoying is when someone wears a band t-shirt and can't even even name one album. I mean, what what if that's elitist? What if they just like the design or they want that's to get disgusting. The band? <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> when you can when you can, you know, name an album, just one even, just the <laughs> one, then you can wear a t-shirt. I mean, I totally get your point because I have had t-shirts given to me before and not known the band's work very well and been like, I can't wear that out because it Someone feels very... Someone me on it. Well, not even that. It just feels very disingenuous. Yeah. That you have to actually know the band before you can wear the t-shirt. Yes. It'd be super, super embarrassing as well if someone came up to you and started just like going, oh, I love that band too. And just like really, really excitedly just trying to talk to you about the band. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Has it great. happened to you? Get Has on that, that happened to you? Facebook Are you group. a poser? <laughs> what, what's that Facebook group? Facebook.com forward slash Metal Hammer Readers. Yeah. Oh, I fucked it up. It's okay though. Get on our readers group and answer all these important questions. Uh, next week we've got more exciting things Merlin hopefully off his sick bed is going to Glastonbury hopefully not going to get stranded in mud or you know continue to be ill there's loads of metal stuff going on there so he's going to be our metal guy on the ground reporting on all the heavy shit which is going to be great if you haven't gone and got our issue go pick it up Sabaton on the cover as we mentioned earlier and we have an it's world exclusive Sabaton battle bundle featuring hand signed lyrics an exclusive patch a sticker pack, a custom fold-out tank, and an exclusive Sabaton cover. Go to tinyurl.com slash battle bundle to order them now. And we're going to go make our tanks and fight them, right? Yes. It's going to be so good. So good. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.